and nobody really asked for it, but you're getting it anyway. The football fiends are back. There's just way too much happening in the landscape of the NFL right now that we had to come back and just talk about everything going on, break it all down, give our opinions, give our takes, and just literally bitch about a lot of things, I'm sure. We haven't been on the pod since I think before uh, Super Bowl. I want to say we had our QB rankings and then a Super Bowl preview, and then we just kind of left you guys in the dark because, I mean, the Super Bowl was awesome for us, me and JP, both Rams guys. Very happy about that. Isn't that right, JP? Oh, yeah. We couldn't have been more happier. To, more happier? Is that? I don't know if that's the right phrase, but whatever. Um, we couldn't have been happier to see Matt Stafford, uh, Super Bowl champion, um, Aaron Donald, a Super Bowl champion, Jalen Ramsey, a Super Bowl champion, Odell, a Super Bowl champion, even though he got hurt, which is very, very upsetting. But um, is there any immediate reactions you had to the Rams Super Bowl win, JP? We have to talk about it a little bit. I'm just so happy for my boy Odell. Giants did him dirty. He was thrown to the dogs, and he, he came out. Yeah, he got hurt, but like he, when he played, like he was actually like really effective. He caught that touchdown. I'm glad he got like, that touchdown in before he got hurt. Yeah, like if he if he came out of the game with like two catches for like 30 yards or whatever with no touchdowns, I feel like that's so underwhelming. But the fact that he was able to score in a Super Bowl, yeah, even though it. he didn't make it through the whole game, like I'm, I'm so happy. What do you think of it, about him saying now that Baker isn't the quarterback of the Browns, he will go back to Cleveland? Huh? Is that, he said, he he said would... that. I need him to come back to the Giants. It'll never happen, probably. But only if Eli comes out of retirement. Dude, Odell even name dropped Eli during the Super Bowl. Stafford asked him there. He was like, "Was that a good ball?" He's like, "Yeah, Eli put it in a little bit of a better spot, but you know, you're fine." Yeah, I mean, everyone loves – well, I shouldn't say everyone. Mostly everyone besides Cleveland fans love Odell and couldn't be happier for what he was able to pull off there. And are really sad that he's – I mean, he's probably going to miss most of next year, which kind of stinks. But I don't know. Overall, just very, very – for once, it's a Super Bowl that we're not upset with the result. I can't say that happens very often for the two of us. So well, Only once maybe in or twice in the past – Six years, seven years. Yeah, and I barely remember the, the Philly. Since the Broncos won in uh, the 2015 to 16 season, this is only the second Super Bowl that I've been happy with. Oh, well, and Philly. Well, well, even Philly, though, you weren't, like, happy about I'm, I was only half happy. Right. Okay, I feel that. I was My hate for Brady at the time was more than Philly, and it, it still probably is. Right. Uh, so I was able to enjoy it, but as a Giants fan, I wasn't able to, like, fully embrace it. Yeah, and Super Bowl Cup, uh, Super Bowl MVP Cooper Cup. I mean, that was so cool too. I mean, we deserved. Guy's just a stud. We felt he deserved the real MVP, so it was just nice to see him getting that recognition. You could have given it to a few different people, probably, but good for him. I love Cooper Cup. I love the LA Rams. There's really not many hateable people on that team. I think Cup might have had arguably the greatest season for a wide receiver like ever. I don't. I don't even think that's arguable. I think that's just fact. Like, if he like he had the, the second off, most catches yeah. ever, and he was like so close to the record. He had over nineteen hundred yards, and that's the only second time it's ever done. Sixteen touchdowns and a Super Bowl MVP to top it off. Like and that he was, is. And he was amazing in like the other playoff games too. It wasn't just he. He had a comparable playoff run to 
Larry Fitzgerald in 2008, where like that's regarded as one of the best runs ever for a wide receiver in the playoffs. I think this was slightly worse than that, but like it's like a close second. Right, and then you couple that with the maybe the greatest regular season ever for a wide receiver, and it's yeah. So like it's just, I think it's the best season by a wide receiver by far. Yeah, and it begs a lot of questions um, on both sides of the football because it's like for a team like the Bengals to make it that far and then ultimately lose, you wonder where their future is going to end up because sometimes you see a quarterback like Joe Burrow get to the big game and then everyone just expects him to be back there, but will he? You know, it's it's not that easy to get back to the Super Bowl, and as we'll talk about, the AFC is absolutely loaded. So oh. it's no not a given – in any scenario that he'll be back, even though a lot of the Joe Burr fans are going to think he's going to be back in that same spot. But then you could say the same thing about the Rams. I mean, they're in cap hell all the time now because they traded away literally all their picks and signed everyone they could have imagined to massive contracts. And they had to lose a bunch of people. They lost, they lost Whitworth to retirement. They lost Von Miller. I don't know if you could help me off the top of your head of anybody else they lost this year. They lost. I guess technically Odell. They, tr- they got something back for Woods, though. I think they got some picks. But either way, it's not going to be the same team. Um, they're just going to be banking on the fact that the NFC is just not that good. And maybe they get back, maybe they don't. But it was just a nice, refreshing year for once. Just two new teams in the Super Bowl, two very likable teams. Obviously, I didn't like the Bengals, but in general, very likable and rootable quarterbacks. No one has anything really bad to say about either Stafford or Burrow. Yeah. Just just a, a winning – it's just a great Super Bowl for football fans in general. It was perfect. It really was. Like, just – like you said, just so likable. And each year I feel like there's definitely, like, a villain. And this year it was two heroes. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's more fun with the villain you're rooting against. And honestly, for me, I kind of had that because I was still really rooting against the Bengals, but that's more of a personal thing. But, um, yeah, I just – I find it – I find it really fascinating to have, like, I feel like this was a, a similar situation to the Super Bowl in uh, that you mentioned already with the Denver Broncos and the Panthers, where it was like, no one can really root against Peyton, even if you don't like Peyton, like, him getting a ring here, like, it would be super cool to go out with a ring, but, like, Cam Newton was the hot young thing, kind of comparable to Burrow, so once in a while, those Super Bowls are fine, but you need the villain sometimes, too. It gives a good storyline. Oh, yeah, there were there were storylines galore. Like it was just the young kids in general, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow. Are they like the greatest ever? Like you heard me say on this podcast many times. That was my biggest fear. Was like, if the Bengals win, they literally Joe Burrow might be on pace to be the greatest quarterback ever. Like over Brady, I'm like that can't happen in my division. Not allowed. Lamar first. Lamar is always first. Lamar is the love of my life, and I love that man to death. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's not much else we can really say other than football good, Super Bowl good, playoffs really good, just fun all around. I, and I really miss football. I've been missing it a lot lately. We've been- <laughs> I think this actually might be one of the better playoffs, like, as a whole I've ever seen. Yeah, Each I think- game was, like, a thriller. I think after the, the wild card round, at least the only issue with this playoffs as a whole to me is that we had maybe the greatest game of all time with that Chiefs Bills game, let alone playoff game, maybe greatest game of all time, and it just literally meant absolutely nothing. I think that's the only uh, 
downside. It's like if the Chiefs went on to win a Super Bowl after that, then it's like so memorable or something. But like it literally meant nothing in the grand scheme of things, which kind of stinks. Right, because like neither of them made the Super Bowl even. Yeah, and then the Super Bowl itself wasn't like like to be honest, I'm struggling to remember some of the more notable plays right now in the Super in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, there were just those two. There's that one Odell touchdown in the beginning. Well, right. No, yeah, no and then like two just like short touchdowns. A couple. There's no like. That's what I'm saying. There's no like, holy shit. Yeah, it wasn't crazy. But can't complain at all. I, I I don't know if I could have like been on this podcast right now talking about football if the Bengals won because I would just be really upset and have no positive outlook of football at all. I'd be like, well, how am I supposed to win the AFC North this year? Like, there's no hope. So I just, I'm in a better headspace because of it. And if you're mad about Joe Burrow losing, go fuck yourself. That's all the words I have to you. I'll have to say, yeah. So. You know how the Ravens win the, the AFC North? Lamar stays healthy. Yeah, they would. I mean, they were the one seed when he was healthy. They're, yeah, they were, they were eight and three, I think. And he was like, let's see. Seven and five as a starter. I lied. They were not eight and three at one point. They might have been. But either way, they were the one seed. Then he goes out and then they stink. Yeah. Either way, there's we don't really need to talk much Ravens here because they're going to be the best team in the league next year. So that's just a fact. Um, but we can use this to kind of transition in from last year into this new league year because god it's been probably the craziest offseason in nfl history at least that i can imagine uh, that i can remember but i mean the amount of qbs moving around top tier talent signings this and that players just going back on contracts and saying i don't want to do that more like i can't i can't even keep track of all of it and it hasn't helped that mlb free agency has been going on at the same time not that i really care about mlb free agency but like just all these names changing teams has been so hard to keep track of, but that's been the fun of it. I think it's been absolutely electric. Every day you're waking up and a new player has been traded or a new player signed somewhere else, and I'm really, really excited to kind of break it all down. This is like an anomaly because usually the MLB free agency happens in like, you know, December, January, but because of the lockout, everything got pushed back until yeah. like a week ago, I think. So now it's just rapid fire, and it just so happens at the same time the new league year starts the NFL, so it's just insanity. Yeah, so uh, we'll start off by kind of talking about probably the biggest storyline, and there's been a lot of big ones, so this is saying a lot, but the biggest storyline to come out of all this, um, since we were last recorded, the best quarterback of all time retired and then already unretired. Tom Brady announced his retirement about two months ago, I'd say. I don't remember how long ago it was. But it they, was right before the Super Bowl. It was before the Super Bowl? I think so. It was it was February first. Did we talk about it then already? Did we get a chance to talk about it last pod, maybe? I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, I also I also might be wrong. It might have been a little bit later, but I feel like it was just now it was in February, like at one point. Either way, we haven't really gotten to talk much about it. Um, so luckily we don't have to come on here and pretend like we're upset that he retired. Um but we can talk about how upset we are that he is back. Now, him being gone for a month kind of had me reflecting a little bit, and I was like, you know what? He he was fun for me. Like, as much as I hated that guy's guts, he was an enemy for me. He was a villain, and we've already talked about how much villains matter, and, like, I would have missed him. I would have missed him a little bit, but this 
I just need Tom Brady to announce his retirement prior to the season he plans on retiring. I want to properly root against him for one final year and go out. And when he loses that last game, I want to be celebrating it like he lost his last football game. Like I, when he lost, um, who do he lost to the Rams, right in the playoffs? Yeah, yeah, and I like was happy. Like that game was amazing, and all the drama. Like he was coming back from behind, and everyone thought, like, oh, here it is, classic Tom Brady comeback. And then he, it was twenty-seven. It was twenty-seven to three, and then they tied it. Right, and then and then he ended up losing, and then that's like the typical. Like I, I wish I knew that would have been his last game because I would have been so freaking happy. It would have been one of the best days of my life. And I just didn't get to celebrate it properly. So now, Tom, back in our lives, I can't be upset because I get to root against him a little bit more. Also, I don't think there's any sense of me being surprised when he announced he was coming back. Like I, I don't think we many people were. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Oh, I thought Sorry, you had my, my my AirPods are kind of messing up on me right now. Oh, okay. I thought you had more to say about uh, Tom. I forget what I was saying. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, just about him coming back. Oh, yeah. Like, dude, his retirement, it wasn't leaked by him. So, you knew. It's the type of thing that he needs to announce. Like, he's not going to go out on anybody else's terms. Well, so, I knew the second. Because it was like Adam Schefter dropped it. And, like, yeah, usually Brady... When Brady makes any like announcement like that, he makes like the most like overproduced video and posts it on his socials, and it's like you know breaking news everywhere. But the fact that like Adam Schefter just tweets like Tom Brady is retiring, like that we all knew at that point that like there was no shot. Yeah, part of me thinks he came back just to like spite Schefter. At a certain point. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, if I was Brady, I I would have too. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't like being told what to do. If someone told me that I was retiring, I'd be like, well, I'm playing forever now. But that's that's just it. It's like, when you're Tom Brady, it's like, why why choose now to retire? It's like, if I'm a guy like him, I I, I understand, like, the logic of, like, you don't want to go out looking like Ben Roethlisberger or whatever. Like, that's fine. But, but he was in the MVP conversation. That's what I'm saying. Like, I would just be... I would just be like taking it all in and just keep doing what I'm doing. And like, it's just already historic. Like it's so, I don't want to say it's cool, but you know, I have to say it. it's pretty cool what he's been. No one thought a quarterback can do this. Like ever. Like, play, he like, has every record in the book already and he's playing at such a high level. He could just play another three years and his records will never be touched. Right. Ever. The, the, uh, the thing that's gross is like when the people like break down his career into like three thirds and then like each third of his career is like a hall of famer and that's like disgusting but it's so true it makes me sick <laughs> it's like but why would you retire and give all that up when you can just keep playing like you're literally one of the greatest quarterbacks ever and i think he realized that like wait a minute the nfc kind of stinks like i could pretty easily make the nfc championship game at the very least oh for sure It'll be, I think, the easiest cakewalk unless some random team comes out and it's just, like, insane. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously, if Riley were here to talk uh, about this, there would be a little bit of a different vibe and a little bit of a different uh, demeanor towards him. But since it's just us two, we can kind of just say, like, whatever. Like, welcome back. We don't really give a shit. Fuck you. That's kind of all. Yeah. We're not, we're not surprised. We don't care as much. We knew it was happening. Just 
continue on with your and day. Just let us know next time. That's all I'm asking for. I just want to. Yeah, like, I, I liked what you said, you know, give him, have him do it before his final season and like let us just, you know, root against him properly. All right. Yeah, that like, was the perfect way to word it. You know, he'll want to end on a win, like a historic last ride. Like, and I want to root against that with every fiber of my body. So just let us know. I feel you. like if Brady got to a Super Bowl, right? And let's say he's down four. And he's like leading it like a two minute drive, and he gets Malcolm Butlered. I would be in a like the most euphoric state. Exactly. Ever. I would never come out of it. Exactly. And then and then he'd have to be like the one to walk it back. Like I can't end on that. And then that's what I'd laugh at. It's like, but if he didn't announce it beforehand and just retired, then it's like, oh, you loser. Yeah. Like if if it's no matter what his final game. And that happens, like, I could die right there, a happy man. And now what's so crazy is that, uh, kind of looking ahead a little bit, I mean, the Bucks have to be, like, a top two or three contender to win the NFC, right? I mean, maybe even the number oh, yeah. one contender. They went from, when he retired, they went from being a powerhouse to shit. And now that he's back, they're back to, like, you know, favorites almost between them and the Rams. Right. And then he came back and, like, recruited a bunch of the same players, like Ryan Jensen, his center, and a bunch of different guys. He's like, yeah, you guys coming back? And he, they literally just have, like, a super team again. And, like, they're – they just signed Logan Ryan, who's, like, a decent, like, defensive guy from the Giants. And, like, they're – people are just signing there. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to be surprised when they're – in the NFC Championship for sure, but again, I'm cool with it just because it's fun to root against him. As long as he doesn't win the damn whole thing, like that can't happen. But I just I just noticed they got Russell Gage. Whoopee, he's pretty good. He's fine. But um, all right. So kind of turning our attention off of Brady and then just into the rest of all the movement we've had uh, in this off season. I mean, literally, so many players are in different positions than they were last year. It's so hard to even keep track of it all. But we're going to kind of do our best to recap at least the major uh, player movement, specifically the quarterbacks. So we'll start with the quarterback shuffle of the year. Uh, we kind of saw like a little bit of this last season, uh, last offseason with a few QB changes, but even that didn't compare to this year's uh, quarterback shuffle. Uh, we'll oh, this, start- was, this year's was historic. Yeah, it's, it's insane. And we'll start with probably the biggest one to uh, – change sides and that's Russell Wilson um, going over to Denver. I don't really care about NFL trades are like fake. So I don't really care what the Broncos gave up. It really wasn't much in the grand scheme of things for an elite quarterback. Um, But just what were your initial thoughts when the Broncos got Russ? To be honest, I didn't think it would happen because when I think of the Seahawks, I think of Russ, like, you know, they go together and literally it, the second that trade went down, the Seahawks, like, sold their soul. They're going to be so bad, especially because their return was Drew Locke and a couple of draft picks. I mean, they're high draft picks, don't get me wrong. But I'm happy for Russ because Denver's a good team. I think they're very comparable to the 2019 Buccaneers, which was a great team, only lacking a quarterback. So now I think the Broncos are a great team. I think this – the addition of Russ makes them, you know, a contender to win that division. Yeah, I'm going to stand by the fact that um, if the 
Broncos win that division or if they win the AFC Championship or they win the Super Bowl, it's not even because of Russ. It's because Vic Fangio is gone. And he was the worst coach of all time. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But it's definitely a part of it. So the fact that Fangio has gone and Russ is in there, I mean, like you said, I mean, the Broncos have a really good defense already. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, uh, Javante Williams, and, oh, well, they traded Noah Fant, but still. Just a great offensive cast of characters around Russ. I mean, I don't know how good their offensive line is. I'm not going to pretend to know, pretend to know, uh, pretend, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm not going to pretend to know their offensive line because I don't. But I just assume it can't be much worse than it was in Seattle. So, as a big Russ yeah, fan. Yeah, Seattle's was so bad. That's exactly. He's been trying yeah. to get them to fix it for years. Right. Um, so, as a big Russ fan, I expect them to be contenders in the AFC for sure. I think it's a no-brainer move if you're Denver. A little surprised, like you said. There were always rumors about Russ getting traded, but I never kind of thought it would happen. I, I swear, I don't know if you agree, but I like only I like saw him as a New York Giant for some reason. And I'm really surprised that that never really materialized. I I wish. It just, I saw a lot of Giant fans online saying they didn't want it because Russ is going to be 34. But like, dude, Russ is like a generational talent. He's a future Hall of Famer. Come on, yeah. I mean, like, come on. Like that at that point. Like, you want Daniel Jones? But that also, like, what are the Seahawks doing? They're getting rid of Russ, a future Hall of Famer for their franchise. He could have been like a, you know, whole career with one team type deal, and they just traded him away, and they, they get Drew Locke, and they haven't made any moves for any big QBs. Yeah, you, it's almost that type of logic that you just brought up that kind of scares me a little bit about Russ, because nobody knows Russ better than Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks. So. If they thought they can compete with him, I feel like they would have just kept him. They have really no reason to. So I don't know if that is a little bit telling, a little bit worrisome. I don't know what to tell you about that. It's hard to read into. Do you, do you think that it's possible that they traded him away because of the, the events that transpired this past season with him getting hurt, having a losing record in the games that he started? Do you think that the amount of money he's getting paid was too much for what they think they're going to get out of him in the future? Uh, I definitely think so. And I mean, I'm on record. Well, I guess I'm not on record, but I will be on record now saying I think Russ is definitely a little bit washed in a sense that I think he's still like really good, but I just don't think he's the type of quarterback who's going to be carrying you to a Super Bowl like on his own anymore. I don't think that he's that type of player and he probably would have needed to be that in Seattle, but I don't think he needed to be that in Denver because they have such a good I mean, at this. At the same time, though, he never really was the type of player to carry you through a Super Bowl. Those years that they were making Super Bowls, that was prime, like, L.O.B. No, yeah, you're totally but, right. And I but think... the years after that, when the L.O.B. was dismantled, he was the reason they stayed afloat and were continuing to make the playoffs. Right. I think he's the perfect type of quarterback who's, like, going to get you to the playoffs. Or, like, like, obviously, except for this year, but he was hurt. But in general, he, he's going to have you competitive no matter what. And then the team around him can kind of elevate him a little bit. Um, oh, for sure. And he's getting a, a good receiving core. The thing, defense, yeah, but it's not so as good like as it was. That's the thing. His, everyone's hyping up this receiving core, but like he had DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. So I don't know why people are hyping Jerry, Judy, and Cortland Sutton. Like they're still good. Don't get me wrong. But I think the I big, guess that's true. I think the biggest thing for him is going to be having Javante Williams because he hasn't had really a good running back since Marshall and Lynch. And that is that's a good point too. And if I mean, they, they've had Chris Carson, but like he's eh. Eh. yeah, 
I mean, if Russ is going to prove me wrong and show that he is still a franchise quarterback, it's going to involve the return of his run game, which he did not have at all last year. And it's kind of shown to be dwindling the past like few years. But again, if you want to blame that on the Seattle offensive line, you want to blame that on their lack of running back. I feel like it's fair to do so. Um, I just feel like it's a little bit of a, he lost a step type of situation, but it could be either way. And he could be rejuvenated just playing in a new city. So it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, I, I be, hope the change in scenery, like, you know, revives that out of him. Yeah, they could very good. Very well good. All right. Um, moving on uh, to some less notable names. Uh, well, I guess we'll start with uh, Cleveland getting Sean Watson because that is a notable name. Um, but even though he hasn't been playing uh, for a year and a half for reasons we just don't need to talk about, we're not that type of pod. Um, what were your thoughts on the Cleveland getting him? I mean, in a pure football sense, it's a, it's a great move because, I mean, Baker was fine. Like, he got them to the playoffs for the first time in however long. But Deshaun Watson, when he's playing, he is a top five QB. There's no ways around it. If you say he's not, I think you're wrong. Um, I know you might disagree with that statement. Um, top five like, in the NFL is a little much for me. You what? Top five in the NFL is a little bit much for me. I mean, with the with the emergence the emergence of some other QBs, it might be like a discussion to have. But at the time of him playing, he was top five in my opinion. And you know, the the Browns, I think they they picked up the guy that could possibly elevate them to, to you know be a division winning contender. You know, get like maybe deep in the playoffs. I don't think Sean's ever gotten deep in the playoffs, other than the. Uh, the divisional round, but you know, new new city, no Bill O'Brien to tank your roster, like you know, Kevin Stefanski. I think he's a pretty good coach, won a coach of the year a couple of years ago. I think he uh I think he'll flourish here. I don't I gotta see what their their depth chart looks like though. I don't know what their receiving core looks like because they just got rid of uh Landry. Oh uh, yeah they they got rid of Landry but brought in Amari Cooper um via Oh that's right. Uh, and but I don't know. Here's the thing for me. Uh, this is a huge risk for Cleveland, right? You're giving up a ton of capital to bring in this guy, and like, yeah, he's, like, he's a clear upgrade over Baker, and like, you're gonna be better, but like, you're pretty much guaranteed to tank this season because the AFC is loaded, as we've kind of already touched on, and he's gonna be suspended, whether it be for five games, six games, I don't know, but he's definitely gonna get some type of suspension. And they're not going to be able to keep up at, after that point. Because I don't know who their backup's going to be. If it's going to be Keenum. I don't know if Baker's no, going to be around. They traded know. Keenum to the, the Bills. So who's their backup? Baker and Jacoby Brissett. Oh, I actually don't hate Brissett. But still, there's no way Brissett's keeping up with the likes of all the quarterbacks in the AFC, even if it's for five, four or five games. And they won't have the luxury of going – eight and nine and making the playoffs. It's not going to happen. They're going to have to be really good. The AFC, let alone their own division, is pretty stacked. Exactly. So you're pretty much gambling that the franchise isn't even going to like turn on him by the end of this year when they don't make the playoffs, which, I mean, they shouldn't. But as long as he plays well, stays out of trouble after all this nonsense, it's going to – I mean, he's a clear upgrade over Baker and one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. So – 
it's a no-brainer move in that aspect, but just the risk you're taking is very interesting, and I'm probably the most excited to see how that plays out over all these quarterback changes. I think it's the most interesting. Let me throw a hypothetical at you. Yeah, let's me. say let's say he gets suspended six games, and in those six games they go three and three. Do you think Deshaun could get them to the playoffs with that? I don't think so. I mean, even if they magically go three and three, which I don't think they would, I just don't see. So then Deshaun would have to come in and go what? Uh, if they've already played six games, they have eleven left. He would have to go probably like oh, at least seven. like six and five or seven and four. I would say seven and four at the very least. Um, and like maybe he could, but I don't know. He went four and twelve his last time he played, so I'm not banking on it's not like the Browns. That's true. It's not like the Browns have been defense or supporting cast either. So I mean, yeah, that's a good point. They have a good like pass rush, but I don't know about the defense as a whole. Their offense, I mean, they got like an elite run game, probably one of the best in football with Chubb and Hunt. They're they're receiving core, like, you know, they have an elite guy in Cooper, but the other two guys are, like, less than desirable. I don't know about Peoples-Jones. I don't really know anything about him. But Jakeem Grant, I don't think he's that good. No. But I then mean, there's David. I don't know. I don't – I'm not – I'm worried about them more so, like, next year and in the future when they can really kind of see what they have. This is going to be, like, an, uh, an adjustment year probably. Yeah, especially like if they were in the NFC, I think they could win the Super Bowl because I think they would easily make the playoffs and then easily have a chance at a run. But they just, I think the AFC is going to be too tough for them this year. And I'm hoping that like the Browns fans are idiots and like, what, what is this bullshit? Like, we should have made the playoffs. They like turn on him and then it's just chaos. I hope that happens. Why do we give up so much for Watson? He's not the guy. He couldn't get us there. Blah, blah, blah. Right. We're fourth place in the division. Like, what did we do? Why are we doing this? If they're fourth in the division, that's just all on them. Because if they're worse than the Steelers, then they actually just dismantle the franchise. Tomlin's just an elite coach. Uh, that's that's also true. All right. Mitch, Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, mediocre quarterbacks, uh, let's move over to uh, the Commanders. The first time we'll, we're going to be saying that on this podcast. Um, the commanders getting Carson Wentz. Uh, obviously, you have some big opinions on Carson Wentz. So, what do you think about that? They're fools, absolute fools. I, I don't know. I I gotta see that what they gave up for him. But there are so many better quarterbacks in the market, and you go for Wentz, who hasn't looked good in like years. Well, to be fair, he like should have made the playoffs this year if he didn't get COVID. If he didn't get COVID, all he had to do, he played every game, and all he had to do was beat the Jaguars. Hello? Oh, geez. Sorry. I was muted. <laughs> um, some people come back from COVID. They're a little, uh, a little banged up. You know, it's tough to come back from. Who got COVID, though? Wentz? Wentz, yeah. When? Like week 17. But he played. He played through it. They let him play with COVID? Yeah, well, I mean, probably not, but, like, he just got over it. It was just when the protocols were changing stuff. So, I mean, there's Is no – Is he vaxxed? 
there's no there's no real way to prove he was playing with COVID, but it was like he probably played with COVID. Because he in that final game, win and you're in, and you blow it against a rookie who's on like the worst team in football. Yeah. I mean, I and, and it was like a it was like a, they got blown out like twenty six to eleven. Like they I'm, looked. I'm just kind of defending this, like literally with the only goal of pissing you off. But I I think you give him a little too much shit. I mean, I don't, I don't think he's very good. But I mean, his numbers look good. But I just think like what he's else? Like recommended the Commanders do. Like he's better than uh, Heineke. I don't know. They they could have waited it out. One for Baker, I'd take Baker over Carson. I mean that at it's, that point, it's 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 tight. But I would have taken him over Carson because of the age thing. Yeah, I guess. But like Carson almost won an MVP. Uh, Jimmy G, I would have taken Jimmy G over Wentz. I don't. Yeah, that's fair. I like Jimmy G. So and Jimmy G is literally like they have flashing lights and signs saying, "Please trade for this man." <laughs> yeah. I don't and know he's why still, he's still on the team. I don't know why I'm sitting here defending Carson. I think it would be just boring if we both shit on him. So I was trying to defend him, but like that was just such a bad trade for them. Like it just doesn't make sense. I, I asked my good friend Josh how he felt about it, and he said he wanted to quote unquote play in traffic. Yeah, like the thing is that was interesting about it. It's like sure, take a risk on this wind sky, whatever. But like I'm pretty sure the Colts would have like given him away if they wanted to. Like. The, the commanders are giving up picks for it. I don't really, I don't really get that, but whatever. I mean, the the Colts they played that perfectly. They're like, oh, you want him for this? Like, take him. Yeah. They had no one lined up to like you know take over as their QB, and they're just like, see ya. Now, what's are they still the second best team in the NFC East though? Even with him. No. They never were the second best team in the NFC East, in my opinion. You th- so you think the Eagles are better still? Yes. The Eagles made the playoffs. Well, I mean, if the Ryan Fitzpatrick was healthy, I feel like the football team makes the playoffs last year. It's not like the Eagles like exactly dominated on their path to the playoffs. They kind of just limped it. That is that's a good point too. I don't know. I they're a toss up of, like, teams that are, like, fringe good that could make the playoffs in a shitty NFC with seven teams. Yeah, I don't know. Just throwing out topics. I don't know. Uh, I think a more interesting move, uh, and one that I actually did like, was on the reverse side. So the Colts got rid of Carson Wentz, and in comes their, what, you did the math, I think fifth quarterback in five years in Matt Ryan. Is that the correct? We had Andrew Luck in 2018. Brissett in 2019, Rivers 2020, Wentz 2021, and now Matt Ryan in 2022. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I feel like I like this one a lot more than a lot of people just because most people think Matt Ryan's washed. And I really don't think he's necessarily as washed as people make him out to be. Um, I think he's had a tough time down in Atlanta. I mean, their coaching situations have been absolutely horrid the past few years. And his wide receiver one this year was a famous uh, wide receiver on this podcast, Zacchaeus. So I just don't Zacchaeus. think it's really fair to be judging him off of his numbers last year. I don't know what you thought about that move, though. I mean, he was fine last year. Like, I'm looking at his stats right now. Like, almost 4,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, 12 picks, like 7-10 and 10 record. Like, 
for a mediocre roster with no like true wide receiver one, like I guess you had Russell Gage. He's not good. Um, but yeah, he's not a number one. He's maybe not even a number two. Um, and you know, I think Ryan is probably the reason they went seven and ten. Anyone worse than him, they're probably like four and thirteen. Oh, yeah, I just. But think... I, th- I think I think Matt Ryan for the Colts is a an, an immediate upgrade. Other than the fact that he's thirty six, going to be thirty seven soon. But like they they made the playoffs to Philip Rivers, so like they're not that. That's quarterback stage. That's true. I think you put a dynamic enough offense around him with Jonathan Taylor, Pittman, and their uh, massive tight ends. I think they're going to be. Uh, I mentioned this to you in the AFC South. I'm... That's not even a question. So. I mentioned this to you the other day. I think what makes them an immediate contender to win that division, sign Julio Jones. I Get the Matt Ryan, Julio Jones duo back together. I think that playing indoors. I'd be all for that. And, I mean, their defense is clearly pretty good. Darius Leonard is, like, an animal. And they have a bunch of guys back there who are problems to deal with. And, again, everyone was saying, like, they could – like, make a run through the AFC in, like, week 15, I'd say, last year. Everyone was, like, scared of them. And then, like, obviously things took a bad turn. But they're, I think people are going to be like, oh, this is just another old quarterback. The Colts aren't going to make any noise. But I think this one could be a little bit different. I don't know. I mean, he – the upside for Ryan, like, if things are clicking, he's a former MVP, like, what, five, six years ago at this point? Like, And, like – And he, I mean, he's been playing good these ball. past few seasons. Yeah, and you can sit on me shooting me for saying this, but like he should be a Super Bowl champion. Like he I mean he should he should be. be, yeah. Absolutely. So I don't know. I appreciate that move. I'm kind of excited to see how that plays out. Um kind of pivoting uh to some lesser named quarterbacks, but still um on the QB carousel, which will be interesting. Uh we did mention him already. Mitch Trubisky going to Pittsburgh to replace Big Ben. I cannot believe that that's who they decided they're going to turn their franchise over to. I don't hate Mitch, but I just think it's really funny. I think Mitch would have been perfect to sign with like a team like the Giants where they have a QB on the roster that they think could be the guy, but you bring in a guy like Mitch to light a fire behind the other guy. I don't think that Mitch is the type of guy you bring in to be your guy. Yeah, and like I mean, I've heard people have the arguments that like, well, yeah, but like, even him, like anybody, is an upgrade over last season's Ben Roethlisberger, which, like, yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with. But, like, Big Ben still had some intangibles and, like, some leadership traits that, like, would still find them ways to win football games, even if he couldn't throw the ball, you know? Which Mitch definitely doesn't have. Right. Like, whether it's audibling, making the correct audible or whatever, like, Mitch isn't doing that for and they signed him to like a two-year, fourteen-mil deal, which is like very team-friendly. So like if if he's good, it works out very nicely for them because like they have two years of like a, a very cheap deal. But if he like sucks so bad, I mean, I guess they could cut him next year, but they probably have to take some. Theoretically, they could but... just draft a guy next year and just like have Mitch just like either like I don't know start or sit behind the new draft pick. Yeah, <clears throat> that's true. It'll probably be one of those things where it's like you draft a guy high. But you have Mitch be the starter, and then by like week like three or four, Mitch is like kind of tweak his thumb or something and miss a game. And like, what happened to Andy Dalton this year? What just happened to Mitch? Exactly. Like uh-huh. you play a couple games, you go one and one, and then like you hurt your thumb and you just never see the field again. Yeah, I mean maybe 
maybe Pittsburgh kind of had some thinking. Like the AFC stacked. Like if we bring in a mediocre quarterback, we're not going to win anyway. Um, why don't we just sign a stopgap and be bad and draft someone next year? That could be what they were thinking, and that could be really smart if that's what they're thinking. But they're, if they're expecting Mitch to carry them to the playoffs again just because he's better than Big Ben was last year, they're going to be in for a rude awakening. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, another quarterback that I, I kind of liked this move was Atlanta signing Marcus Mariota to be their full-time quarterback, which watching him in Vegas the past few years and, like, I feel like he's almost revamped himself to being like a mobile quarterback. Whereas in Tennessee, he wasn't really embracing that side of his play and he was like trying to force passes and become a quarterback he wasn't. I think he could be successful in Atlanta. I don't know if they necessarily win a lot of games this year, but I think it could be fun to watch at least. Yeah, I, I like to move a lot too, actually. I actually, one of my coworkers is like a very big Falcons fan and he he was sad to see Ryan go, but he's like, happy with Mariota because he's like he's like a different type of QB that might be able to like bring a type of play that is not something that any of them are used to but can you know be good yeah and I I like the idea of him and Pitts together I just think that two young dynamic players like that like even if Mariota necessarily doesn't have the arm talent like maybe he can just find a way to work with Pitts and just those are two unnatural players. Like, those are two freaks of nature that we haven't really seen before. So, if Mariota can find a way to just unlock his arm, and I don't know what it, I don't know what it would take, but Mar- Mariota has so much untapped potential that it, I hope it works out. Yeah, me too. Like, a couple of years as a backup could do a lot for your, like, your mental. And, like, you just go out as, like, a more confident player. And I, I think he's, he's primed for that. I feel like every time he came in for Carr and was, like, actually, like, not like those, like, uh, wildcat plays or anything like that, but, like, when he actually, like, Carr would get hurt and he would have to play or whatever. He always, like, did well, I feel like. He always, like, looked like he was better than he was in the past. Yeah, he actually, he he only did that one time. Because this past season, that never happened. He only had two pass attempts. But last year, um, he came in for Carr one game, and he looked pretty solid. He's... You know, one touchdown, one pick, but he was just like he. I don't know if they won that game. Like, I'll go. I don't know. It was just high now, but it just like it looked like he kind of had control over what was happening out there. Where sometimes in Tennessee, it didn't look like he knew what was going on at the time. Right. He lost that game by three, but he kept them in it. Like they were like close. Yeah, and then um, so yeah, that's pretty much all I got on Mariota. I mean, there's they're not going to be good anyway. But I'm just a big Mariota fan and rooting for him. Um, the last major quarterback who was on the move who we need to talk about, uh, Tyrod Taylor, a big signing by the New York Giants. Uh, what your were your boy. thoughts on that? Uh, I like the move because I think Tyrod Taylor is still pretty good. Like, he's not, like, going to take your team to a Super Bowl, but he's going to give you some exciting football, and he's always played efficient football. He, he never doesn't turn the ball over much. Um, he has a career-winning record. Oh, yeah, he but, does. The only thing I don't like about it is the money they gave him. They gave him two years, seventeen. They gave him million. so much money. I don't know why they gave him so much money. It's more than Daniel Jones is even making, I think. <laughs> and they could have cut that in half, and I still think it. Would, I think that would have been like perfect. But two years, seventeen mil. I, I mean, I know it's twenty twenty two, 
you know, contracts are a lot of money, but like, dude. But I, I'm, I'm not gonna think too much into it. I like the move. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's like the perfect backup quarterback or transition quarterback for your team. I mean, he's literally ushered in some of the better quarterbacks in the league right now. He um, ushered in both Baker and uh, Herbo and Josh well, Allen yeah. too. I don't even think he ushered in Herbo. He he started one game and then he had his and he won that game and then he had his lung pierced. Yeah, bullshit. By by the team doctor. Like, oh man. Yeah, and of course Josh Allen too. I don't I don't know if he was necessarily there. I think he uh they drafted Josh Allen like the year like Tyrod left, but like still I count that. Yeah, he they that was the year he was on the Browns. He, was uh, Allen's first season. He paved the way for that to happen still. Um, so maybe maybe he'll do that for the Giants. Maybe he'll suck this year and then pave the way for whoever you draft next year to be good. Even this season, he technically ushered in Davis Mills. Correct. I and mean, we are big Davis Mills fans here on the pod. So. so maybe he'll usher in Daniel Jones again <laughs> uh, in, in, in season four. I don't know about that, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, just had, yeah, me had to bring him up. Huge Tyrod fan here. You know, I, I'm rooting for him. I don't know if I'm gonna get a shirt, but I love Tyrod. Yeah, uh, a shirt, a jersey. <laughs> I have a sh- I have a Tyrod jersey for the Bills and the Browns. I think it's not not good. Maybe Huge. I'll get you a Giants one. I don't. I don't want it. <laughs> uh, well, you have no choice. Uh, all right, and then continuing on this quarterback talk, uh, we had a few quarterbacks uh, stay in the same team uh, that they were in last year that I think is still important to talk about, and probably the most important one to talk about, of course, is Jameis Winston returning to the New Orleans Saints. What did you think about that? I like the move. He was good with them last year, and you know he had a winning record with them, and then the second he got hurt, they stunk. The only thing I don't you know, I'm not too confident about it. is their coach. I don't know who I don't even know who their coach is. I don't even know either. It's just all I know is it's not Sean Payton, so like it has to be worse, you know? Yeah, it's no way this guy's better. De- it's Dennis Allen. Yeah. He's not. I don't think he's even that good of a coach. He was a he was a coach of the Raiders like eight, nine years ago and he stunk. But he's like a good defensive man, I think. I'm I'm sure they're the same, so I'm sure they'll be fine, but like I just don't see how Jameis can just lead this team in our postseason run. I just don't see how it's possible. I don't know if that involves Michael Thomas coming back. I don't even I haven't heard what happened to him at all. So I don't know what's going on with him. I know their defense is a little bit different than last year. They're they're in like half hell. I, I think the Saints are an interesting spot. And I think it's just the perfect spot for Jameis. Either he lights it up and they like are good or he just sucks and it's like, all right, time to move on. Like this wasn't our year anyway. Right. Um, I then, think I, I think he'll be good again. I, I think Jameis is like that one year he spent behind Breeze. I think that changed him to be like good. Yeah, I hope it did. I, I kind of like to watch good Jameis and just throw in like for four yards and four picks. Like that's a lot of fun to watch. So I'll be rooting for him, I'm sure. And it, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for them to win the division and the Bucks to have to settle for a wild card. So. Um, and then I guess 
the lesser of the two quarterbacks that are staying, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I guess we got to talk about him, right? I, yeah, I feel bad for the man, but at the same time, I don't at all. He does it to himself. This is all, like, he just wants the whole world to be about him. It's all, like, showmanship, and he just wants, like, narratives and whatnot. It's all nonsense. He was always going to stay. Yeah, he, the second he re-signed, like, a day or two later is when they traded Devontae. And I think it's funny because, like, it's going to happen. Like, they wouldn't have not told him, you know? Yeah, I mean, his number one receiver right now is Alan Lazard. So, like, if that stays like that, then, like, what's up? That's a problem. But, like, I don't think they have any money. So, I don't think they're getting anybody else. Like, you know? Yeah, that's, that's the problem. All the good receivers are gone in free agency unless they trade for someone. But why would you trade for someone when you just had Devontae Adams? Yeah, they, they'll probably bring in, like, a, a vet like Jarvis Landry or Julio Jones or someone. But, like, no one that's going to really, like, change the tide of their offense. Imagine if they signed Antonio Brown. Well, honestly, they should. They should make a move like that. They should realize that if they just put a few pieces around Aaron Rodgers, they're literally the best team in the NFC. It's not that hard. So they're probably already one of the best teams in the NFC with Alan Lazard as their number one. So it's like that's why they probably have no motivation. Like, why does it matter? This conference stinks. I mean, the conference stinks, but at the same time, I don't think they're in the same league anymore as – the Rams or the Bucks. Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't really disagree with that because I mean the Packers' defense is not that special, and their offense isn't special anymore. So I, don't, I guess you're right. I mean, they're really not that good. But when you have Aaron Rodgers, I feel like you're a top three team automatically. Oh yeah, for sure. But I just I think what will happen this year will happen again next year. Like they make the playoffs as like a one or two seed, and then they just lose. Yeah. And then everyone's like, oh, my God, this this guy choked again. Like, he's not that good. Whatever. I don't know. It's all nonsense. Uh, I really like, I'm, like, one of the biggest Rodgers believers. But, like, it, they got to do something to, like, make this roster better because I don't yeah, think they're – I'm just, like, not going to feel bad for him anymore because, like, he could have just left. Like, why did you go back to this? Like, you literally – nobody would have blamed you. Like, it was already said that you were going to leave. So, like, why are you back here? Like, you're just doing this yourself. Right. And, dude, his contract is so much money. It's literally absurd. I mean, maybe that's why you probably say it, I'm sure. But It's five years, I think 200 mil or, like, four years, 200 mil total. Yeah, it's, it's not it's five. It's, yeah. it's five years. But I think it's crazy because at this point, he's made $263 million, which is top five all time probably. And – if I'm him, like, I don't know. I feel like I'd want to take a little bit of a pay cut and so win. my team could sign some great players like Tom Brady does. Yeah, I would. But at the same time, Aaron Rodgers is a single dude. Tom Brady's wife is worth twice the amount of money he is. But I feel like winning another Super Bowl would add so much net worth to Aaron Rodgers. I feel like at this point, everyone kind of sees him as like a joke. I'm not going to lie. I mean, yeah, like he's the guy that's like elite and one of the best in the game. And then always but it's like it's 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 literally a meme that he just loses in the playoffs. Yeah, it's like Lambo. Lambo's like not even scary anymore. No, a guy wins a Super Bowl and then loses every NFC Championship he gets to after that. Yeah, I mean, there's really not much else to say about Green Bay other than uh, there's a lot of things I could compare them to, like it's whether it's Utah Jazz in the NBA or 
Uh, even if it's, I don't know what, they just need to win a playoff game or two. Like, they just need to figure it out before anyone's even going to take it serious. Uh, moving on, that kind of covers uh, the QB carousel we wanted to cover. Um, we're going to move on now to the other, I mean, there was a lot of other notable player movement uh, this offseason that didn't involve quarterbacks. Uh, one of them we just got finished kind of mentioning, so we might as well start with that, which was the Devontae Adams trade to uh, Vegas, which is, I'd, I'd say, not even the most surprising one. The one that happened today was the most surprising, but we'll get into that later. Uh, what were your reactions when you first heard about the Devontae trade? Uh, Riley actually, like, said something about it in our group chat, and I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you didn't see? And he, like, <laughs> sent over the link with the news, and I, I was like, I was shocked, but I'm a fan of the move for the the Raiders. I'm not a fan of the move for the Packers because you just lost the best receiver in football, in my opinion, better than Cooper Cup. And eh, maybe not, um, but like a top two receiver in football for a couple of picks, which to a team that has been proving to like whiff on their picks the last few years, or just not draft wide receivers at all. Yeah, I, I I feel like in an ideal scenario they would have kept him. I think it just almost came down to he wasn't going to play on the franchise tag, and they couldn't afford to keep him. So because they're paying the quarterback so much money. Uh, so also, guess, supposedly the Packers were offering him more money than the Raiders were going to offer him, but he didn't want to play for the Packers anymore, so they traded him there. Oh well, then if that's true, then that's inexcusable, and then they allowed that to happen. <laughs> At that yeah, point. like if I'm them give him all the money in the world yeah. but they can't do that because Aaron Rodgers is taking all their money <laughs> very true uh, like, but yeah I, agree. I think the I think the cap's like 200 mil and Rodgers is like 40 and then Devontae would be like 30 so that's like already like 65 percent of your cap yeah that's just crippling you not just like 35 40 percent of the, cap. Know the same thing the Chiefs had to think about um, yeah anyway uh, I agree with your assessment though uh, I think it's a great move for Vegas. I think it. I think Vegas realized they're like, holy shit, the three teams around us are making all these moves. We have to do something, and they probably have the. I mean, actually, no, not probably. They definitely have the best uh, receiving core in the AFC West. I mean, you have Devonta, oh, yeah. Waller, and Hunter Renfro. I mean, the Chiefs maybe with Tyreek Hill is better, but they don't have Tyreek Hill there. So that is true. Well, now they may have the best quarterback, but they have the best supporting cast around them. So, man, it's going to be... The one thing I love about this trade, too, is that Devontae and Carr played uh, college ball together. Right, right, at Fresno, right? Yeah, so they have, like... Maybe they maybe they still have that chemistry. Well, you'd like to think they do, and at the very least, you know they're going to get along. So, going to work to some extent, and I'm so excited for the AFC West. Man, that's going to be a bloodbath this year. Oh, it's going to be awesome. And that almost leads me. Uh, I'll share Riley's take. It was a hot take. You wanted me to. I don't know if you wanted me to share this, but I'm sharing it anyway because I kind of agree with it. I like wouldn't be that surprised if the Chiefs didn't make the playoffs this year after the trade of Tyree Kill. I just feel like I feel like it's getting to a point where Patrick Mahomes is like his contract's kicking in. He's taking up so much of their cap. And now they just, like, don't have a very good supporting cast around him at all. And, yeah, we saw Patrick Mahomes elevate to, like, certain levels and, like, still be able to carry his team 
by the end of the year last year, but like in the middle of the year, like there was worries about that offense, and now they lost the most dynamic receiver, dynamic receiver in the wide uh, in the NFL. So I don't know what you thought about the Tyreek Hill trade. I don't know if you agreed with it, but I think it was crazy. I think they're crazy. I think they're they're fools. Like Tyreek, I mean, I think he signed like a pretty big deal. It was like three years for seventy five, and then there was like a fourth year worth 45 but like there's like a hundred percent chance that like they restructure that or something like that um but like Tyreek Hill changed that offense like he it made it so you can't play short because he'll just run over you and he could take any slant or any like you know crossing route and just take it to the house like he did against the Bills and like the final minutes of the game now you lose that because you have people like Byron Pringle. I don't even know if he's still on the team. I think they lost Pringle. I mean, they they got Juju, but, like, I don't think Juju is, like... He's not not making up for that. In my opinion, Juju is, like, mid. I know that's, like, a a hot take, but 2020, like, he only averaged 8.6 yards per catch, which is, like, ass. Well, I mean... That, I mean that's a bit that's a big bend though. So as you said, chalk it up a big bend not really being able to control football, but still I, I, I don't really disagree with you. I don't think Juju's a big game changer. Yeah, like I would take Tyreek Hill at X amount of money over a cheap Juju every day. Yeah, I just think people are like Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. Like I get it, but like you just to a certain extent you need playmakers around you. Like Travis Kelsey is gonna get double teamed every game. And you're going to be banking on, I don't know, Josh Gordon, Nicole Hardman, and Juju to, like, be making plays down the field. Like, I just – I don't know if that's, con- like, a consistent enough wide receiver core to, like, guarantee you're going to make it out of that AFC West, like, unscathed when you have what you're going to be going against every game. Yeah. Tyreek was also the type of guy, like, on, like, a third and five, you just snap the ball and throw it damn fast. He just, like – he turns, he does, like, that weird stutter step thing and then just runs for eight yards in, like, two seconds. Not even. Like, and- Juju's not that guy. And Kelsey's getting old. He's going to be 33 in the middle of next season. Kelsey's great, but, like, he's going to be double-teamed now. Like, it's – Yeah, like, they're, they're going to double-team him. And I don't know how their offensive line is. I'm pretty sure it's, like, kind of bad. It's mid. Like, I don't know. I don't see them being as explosive. Yeah, I hope they prove me wrong because it's really fun to watch. But like, eh. I just foresee a scenario where the AFC West is all going to end up in like nine and seven, or I guess what is it now, uh, nine and eight range. Nine, nine and eight. Uh, nine and eight range, and then I mean, not all of those are going to be able to make the playoffs. So it's going to be like one or two of them end up making it because like I, I, they're going to be beating up on each other all year. It's going to be hard. I don't think it's that hot of a take to say they might not even make the playoffs. And it's not even like a fade the Chiefs thing for me. It's just that it's just going to be so hard for them. Like it's the AFC is going to be such a challenge. I'm so excited for this AFC next year. It's, it's going to be great. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, All right. And that same vein, we'll stick to the AFC West. I will talk about uh, the trade that the Chargers made to acquire Khalil Mack. Um, probably one of the biggest game changers on defense. Maybe not necessarily the last year or so, but that we've seen in the past five or six years that he can make a difference. Uh, the way he can rush a passer, still play the run. He's just incredible at what he does. And he provides a completely different look 
to that Chargers defense, which already has an amazing offense. So that coupled with some of the other moves they made on the defensive side of the ball, it's going to be insane. I, I don't know what you thought about that move. I just thought it was a no-brainer again. Such a fantastic move. Like, they're, they're going to be so good. Khalil Mack, I always thought, kind of disappeared this past season. It turns out he only played seven games, so it makes sense. However, in those seven games, he had six sacks. Like, the guy's still elite. Right, he might be a like, little bit injury-prone, whatever, but, like, he can make a difference. Uh, that's on, on pace for, like, 15, 16 sacks a year, which is, you know, almost all pro levels. The NFL, the NFL is so weird to me because, I don't know, as a fan of, like, all three – well, like, I don't know if I'm a baseball fan anymore, but as a fan of baseball, basketball, and football, it's, like, basketball and uh, baseball, when teams make trades in, like – you understand it sometimes from the team that's giving up the star players because, like, you get a boatload of picks back, younger players, whatever. Football trades, man, sometimes they make literally no sense. It's like, yeah, just take this guy for, like, a fifth rounder. That doesn't even mean anything. It's like literally just sound. I'm I'm pretty sure Amari Cooper got traded for, like, a sixth. Yeah, it's like I can't comprehend that. It's like how do you evaluate that as a fan? It's like what does that even mean? So you're telling me that if this player just, like, the team doesn't want him anymore – it's just like a six-round pick. Yep, take him. Like he's yours. I, I, I don't know. I don't. I feel like there's something flawed with NFL trades that needs to be fixed. I don't know how you fix it, but I hope they do. Yeah. So they, for some reason, teams view elite players sometimes as like not worth much at all. Like they just don't get the returns on that anything that they should be getting. Yeah, I just I feel like that's flawed. Maybe it's just because in the NFL they don't like one star player really can't, unless it's a quarterback, obviously can't like change the trajectory of the franchise. Like it's a player like Khalil Mack, like, yeah, he can help, but like realistically he's not changing much if your team is not good already, you know? Yeah, I guess that's true. Or look at the bears. Like they had him and it didn't matter like at all. No, that's very true. They were very, I mean, it did matter their first season he was there because they made the playoffs, but like that whole defense was great with him. Yeah, it just makes you wonder. It's like, well, like a team, I don't know, a team like the Giants, it's like, why didn't you just give up a fourth round pick and get Khalil Mack? Like, you know, it's, I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. The Giants do need a pass rusher. He would have been perfect. Uh, it's now, so... now they're going to draft some, like, free safety in the fourth round that'll maybe, like, play 10% of snaps this season and the next three seasons, and then they'll let him go. Yeah. Uh, moving on to a different type of, uh, I guess, well, no, same exact type of player. Uh, the Bills giving Von Miller oh, the biggest contract I've ever seen for a pass rusher. Uh, I feel like that was a good move for them in terms of adding a certain player to your team. The contract, I don't know if I necessarily agree with, but it was a weird contract. And another part of the NFL I don't understand is their weird contract structure. So I don't know if you have a take about the Von Miller move. I thought for sure Von Miller was going back to the Broncos. He was posting things about it all over his socials. Like, should I wear number 58 like I wore before or 40 that I just wore winning this Super Bowl? Like, and then they just came out of nowhere and the Bills were like, take all our money. I think he's the first defensive player to ever sign two separate $100 million deals. That's a, that's a crazy stat. I didn't know that. That's fascinating, actually. Yeah, in 2016, he signed a six-year 114 mil deal, and then he just signed that six-year 120, which is more than what he was getting in his prime. And 
it like threw off the entire pass rush market. I mean, Zadarius Smith literally signed with the Ravens, saw how much Von Miller just got paid, and was like, yeah, I'm out. I want more money. And then he dipped. He was like, I don't want – like, Von Miller literally fucked everything up for pass rushers. Literally. Kind of like how uh, Christian Kirk fucked everything up for wide receivers. True. I mean, talk about – I mean, we're going to have a segment on worse deals, but I guess that's uh, something we could talk about now. I mean, look, what the hell are they doing, giving him 13 or whatever – how much money they did. I mean, he's a fine player, but, like, what are they doing? I think it was 13 mil per year, which he – maybe even more than that. I, I don't know the full details, but he's That's just stupid. mid. Um, but, yeah, anyway, I, I think uh, the Von Miller move, though, in terms of, like, actually how it affects the Bills, is I couldn't name a single pass they've had in the past. Can you name one? No. Exactly. And I think that gives them a presence on defense that, like, is kind of scary to think about. Uh, because the, I feel like their defense has been, like, top tier, like, the past, like, few years. Yet I can't, like, name players on their defense. I know they had the – who's the corner they had that got hurt this year is really good? Tredavious White? Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, that's his amazing. name. Uh, but I, like, just can't think of Bill's defenders. So, I, I, I just – I feel like had, this is kind of scary. I, I think I could name off a few. We got White, like you said, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, Matt Milano. Aren't these all safeties? Milano's a linebacker. The other guys were safeties slash corners. <laughs> Safety is my least favorite position in the NFL. So <laughs> why? I just think they're overvalued. Unless you have like an all-time guy, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I just feel like just you should, as long as you could tackle, like you can play safety. Pretty much. Well, like, obviously, that's not the right take. It's just a take I have. Um, but, yeah, either way, Bills, I think, get a little bit scarier because of this, and they're already pretty scary. So, um, The one thing I'm curious about for the Bills is why they gave him six years. He's 32. Well, that's what I – I don't know if you looked at the contract structure. Like, I've heard it's, like, actual nonsense. Like, it's, like, a two-year deal. Like, I don't know if it's, like, the same thing with Tyreek Hill you brought up where it's, like, 45 mil in the last year that they're clearly not going to pay him. So the first two years of Bond's deal are 1.1 and 1.3 mil base contract, and the rest is bonus. And then the the next four are at least 17. Yeah, and I feel like it's weird. Like, that's the the NFL needs to fix that, too. It's like, can we just have a simple – way to understand your freaking cap like i just want to know like can it just be the money they're getting it seems like the cap's fake everyone's talking about how the cap's cap and i don't i don't like that the, it was real the cap is cap exactly but like, why? like why can't it just be real and just like have real numbers and have stop having people like cheat the system it's stupid i mean yeah it's literally like people restructure like x amount of their base salary at the bonus like freeing up you know, X amount of cap. Like, just just pay the guy what he gets paid and just have it at that. I think a lot of it comes down to just guaranteed and non-guaranteed money. It's like, I don't know, in the NBA, there's no non-guaranteed money. Like, if you're signing a contract, you should have to pay the guy that. I don't know why they can't, like, implement that. So in the NBA, let's say you sign a guy, right? Let's say two years, 40 mil. Uh-huh. Do you so he plays the first season, you pay him that 20 mil, and you cut him before the second season. You have to pay him that 20 mil. Yeah, you fucked up. You signed a guy, and he sucked, so you have to pay him. That's how. See, I agree. That's how it should be. 
I mean, I mean, you could obviously work it. You could put guarantees in the contract, so you could say like, if we cut you after year one, we get ten mil back or something. But like, it'll still count right. as the cap and like whatever. Like, it's just much easier to understand. Like, they don't really do it that often. But like, for injury prone players or something, they'll do it just because like you're injury prone. So we're not guaranteeing you all. But for the most part, it's mostly guaranteed. Yes. Right. Whereas in the NFL, I feel like. It's the opposite. So, like, there's a couple guaranteed, like, contracts for quarterbacks, and then that's literally it. It's just a lot of fake money going around. It's literally like playing with, like, Monopoly money. Yeah, that's stupid. And it's just hard as a fan to get into it all because, like, I don't know, like, going into the Ravens offseason, I was like, I kind of want to follow, like, who we can get and who we can't get. And I'm looking at the cap, and it's like, we have $2 million in cap. And I'm like, okay. And then we're signing all these guys. And it's like, what? I don't get it. It's so stupid. I wish there was like a luxury tax in the NFL. Yeah, there there's many things I'd probably do to change it, but I guess maybe we'll do an off-season pod on how we fix the NFL because I don't really feel like talking about it all right now. Uh, while while I brought up the Ravens, I do want to, and and while I brought up the Ravens, and while I talked about shitting on safeties, I should talk about the Ravens' biggest acquisition, which was bringing in Marcus Williams, the highest paid <laughs> in the NFL, um, who I'm very excited about, even though I hate safeties, uh, but. Uh, I think this really helps the Ravens secondary, which has obviously been a real big issue last year with all the injuries. Um, and the thing that excites me, where because like I said, I wasn't very excited that we signed a safety. I kind of wanted Tyron Matthew. I was excited about the idea of him just because he has a big name. Uh, but this guy apparently is like a center field type guy, like in the same vein as like Ed Reed. And like, that's the type of guy the Ravens have kind of been missing because Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey are amazing corners. And especially when they're allowed to press and get it uptight and then your grill and make plays. And when they can gamble, they have a guy like Marcus Williams behind them who can like cover for them. I, I like the idea of that. I think it could be fun. So I'm excited about that move for us. I wish I could be as excited as you are. <laughs> who the Giants sign? Anybody? No. They had to yeah, they, no, I'm saying they, they they signed a few people, but no like really big names. They signed Tyrod that we talked about earlier. Um, let's see, and they they signed, re-signed wide receiver CJ Board. He's like a utility guy. Um, they signed a guy named Mark Glowinski, offensive lineman. Top Mark. Tank top Mark. Um, another guard, John Feliciano. Another tackle Matt Gano they went really big into like those uh O-linemen and then they signed a new tight end to replace Brick Hands Evan Ingram they signed uh Ricky Seals Jones I think he was on the Jags uh no, he was, running back he was football team. oh he was yeah oh whoops they signed running back Matt Breida to be a backup to Saquon and then like two other people three other people that just, like, don't matter. So no big names. Yeah, I so think they were over the cap, so they had to, like, make some, like, moves to free that up. The Giants were over the cap? With what? Spending it on who? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's really bad, dude. I might be wrong. They might I, they might not have been, but they were, like, close to the uh, the threshold. That's still really bad. But um, all right. So yeah, that's that's Dave Gettleman for you. Yeah, but I don't. There's nothing you can really do about that. 
just a bad, bad run organization. I feel you. I'm a fan of the New York Yankees, who are just as bad right now. It's, it's amazing how these two teams, who used to be the best two teams in New York, are now the worst. At least the Mets maybe will be good, but probably let me down again. Yeah, but like at least your owner like cares. I give anything. Oh, else. It's it's so, it's so nice like seeing the Mets like do things that matter. It's yeah, it's refreshing. I wish the other team in New York would take notes. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, I think that pretty much covers um, most of the big name uh, that switch teams uh, this off season. Uh, do you have any uh, big winners, big losers you want to bring up? Any of your favorite moves, least favorite moves, anything like that? Uh, biggest loser, Cowboys, by far. Yeah, I feel like they're just like tanking. I don't know what they're doing. It, I mean, they, they got rid of their elite number one receiver, and they re-signed Gallup to like a five-year, 62 mil, so like around 12 point whatever per year. He's good. Uh, I don't know if he's like a number one, maybe. Uh, eh. We're signed Demarcus Lawrence, three years, 40 mil. I think that's a fat L. I think he's not that good anymore. They released Lyle Collins. He's like a top five tackle. I mean, the only good deal I see on here from them is Vander Esch for only three mil. I kind of like Vander Esch, but like he was also already on their team, wasn't he? Yeah, they just re-signed him to like a cheap deal. Okay, so they didn't get better from that. So they just got exponentially worse. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and they still have McCarthy as their coach who doesn't know how to read a clock, so. Yeah. Um, for, one of my, for one of my big losers, I think, I mean, we already kind of touched on them, but I feel like it would be doing a disservice if we didn't uh, talk about them a little bit more. And that's the Jaguars, man. I just don't understand what the hell they were doing. This offseason. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I totally agree. They threw like big money at mid players. Yeah. It's like you have this potential uh, generational talent, Trevor Lawrence. We're not sure yet because he didn't look good last year, but like mostly everybody's still giving him the benefit of the doubt and like believes in him. But then you have all this cap space to try and build around him. And you bring in, I'll, I'll tell you the names they brought in Christian Kirk, who we already shit on. Evan Ingram, who you can vouch is the worst tight end. In the the worst. That guy is anti-football. Zay Jones, who, like, is okay. He was okay for the, the Raiders, but, like, why are we spending money on this guy? The only good thing about him is that he stands up in, like, a cool way, and the NFL will, like, pound that down your throat. Yeah, and then... Like, when he gets up from being on the ground, like, they're like, oh, look at this, but they'll never show you a highlight. And they, like, lost DJ Chark, who, like, I get it, was... He hurt himself last year, but like he's better than both of those receivers. Like that when healthy. Oh, for sure. But like, Wait, where did he go? Uh, the Lions actually one of the uh, next little move for the Lions and Jared Goff. Really, I like DJ Chark. Um, but like it's like and then they signed one offensive lineman where I feel like they really needed a lot of offensive line help, and they signed Brandon Sheriff, who's good, but like that was the only good player they signed this year, and it's just I. They, they just didn't make any good moves. I feel like they're just bad ownership and not doing the right stuff. I mean, yeah. There's a reason they've been so bad for so long, except for that one year. And it was just because their defense was absolutely amazing. It's not like they had a good offense. Yeah, and then literally within two years, they blew that whole defense and, like, got rid of everybody. Yeah. 
Anything else uh, bad that you want to say or good? Um, I guess we could say bad. I would say for uh, low key Kansas City. Yeah, we we definitely not terrible. Yeah, it's just not. I feel like they were kind of just handcuffed. It's like when you're paying a quarterback that much money, it's just really hard. In the same vein as the Packers thing, it's like it's just tough. That is very true. Yeah. All right, moving on to like. Uh, since I just talked about the Jaguars, I kind of want to bring up the Dolphins in a good vein right now uh, with some of their moves they made because I feel like they built around their young quarterback in, like, a good way. And, like, obviously the Tyree Kill move is, like, icing on the cake, and that literally just happened today. But I just like the players they brought in around uh, Tua, like, way better than what the Jaguars brought in. And it's, like, it just showed, like, they're putting their quarterback in a position right now where – they have to be, like, if you're not good to uh, this year, like, you're the problem. Because, I mean, they brought in, like, two running backs I like. They brought in Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert. Mostert always gets hurt, but, like, if he gets hurt, you have Edmonds. So, like, you have running backs there now. And, like, Gaskin's still there. He's pretty good. They brought in Teddy Bridgewater to back him up, which I like. And they brought in two wide receivers who, like, uh, beside, uh, obviously they brought in Tyree Kill. They brought in uh, Cedric Wilson from Dallas and Trent Sherfield from the 49ers, who, like, I would rather have than Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. And I'm sure they were a lot less money. I don't have the contracts in front of me. Uh, but I really like those moves. And they brought in two offensive linemen, along with Teron Armstead from the Saints, who's, like, one of the best tackles in the league. It's They clearly have a direction. They're trying to give their young quarterback a chance. And I don't know if I believe in Tua, but we'll definitely be able to know if he's good or not this year. I have the numbers for Wilson. He was three years for 22.8. Like that, I kind of like that contract. I like Cedric Wilson a lot. I feel like he was like I, better. It was a game. I, I'm pretty sure it was like me and you were visiting Hoboken, watching like that last Cowboys versus Eagles game. And Wilson looked good at it. I, I mentioned it then. I'm like, dude, that Wilson guy's pretty good. He's like, yeah, he's pretty solid. And now he's, he's on the Dolphins. Really? I'd say I, I don't watch a lot of. Uh, Cowboys, unless they're on like prime time, so I, I don't even know. Wilson a lot, so that's another reason I'm just giving the Dolphins a great grade for their free agency. But and like even the Sherfield guy, the 49ers, like he, he would show up sometimes and just be like, "Oh shit, that guy caught another touchdown." <laughs> oh shit! Like he's better than Zay Jones. Probably, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I just really like what they did, and the, I'll, I'll couple that in with like I really like Mike McDaniel. So. Just go Dolphins. It's going to be tough. And they re-signed Gusecki, who you know I like. So just, I like the Dolphins. I'm going to like My coworker them. went to high school with him. What? Can can I yeah. meet him? Uh, they're a one-age difference, but the, he like went to high school with him. I don't know if he knows him. Did he run track with him? <laughs> Ninth grade track and field? <laughs> I don't think so. Damn. I'm probably not going to be able to meet him then, but I don't know. Great job, Dolphins. I don't know if you have a, a winner you want to bring up. Um, the Dolphins are a great example. I don't really have any big winners. My actually, my biggest winner would be the Chargers. Uh, okay. If you didn't bring them up, that was actually I wanted to close on that. So I'm glad you brought them up then. Yeah, like their their defense is now going to be like so good, and they they brought back Mike Williams. Um, Gerald Everett actually is a good pickup too, because they lost Jared Cook. Jared Everett's just younger and better. One of the best corners in the NFL, J.C. Jackson. Massive. Yeah. 
five years, 82 mil. Like, dude, he, he has led the league in picks the last, like, few seasons, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, he's amazing. And like I said, kind of like here with the Dolphins, like I was saying, how they had a direction to build around Tua. The Chargers had a direction this offseason. They're like, we're going to build up our defense. We believe in Herbert. We believe in our offense as it is, which is fair because it's dynamic. But let's make our defense competitive and try and slow down some of these amazing AFC West offenses. And I really appreciate it. I'm looking at JC's stats right now. He is so good. He's played four seasons. He has 25 picks. No, he's amazing. He's I think – he led the league in passes defended or passes deflected, and he had uh, eight picks. That's insane. No, he yeah, I I agree. I'm I'm really happy you brought them up because I agree they're a very improved team, and they had to be. They had to make their defense better if they were going to try and compete out there. That is true. Um, then the last one I'll pivot to. Uh, I have to give a great grade to the Bengals off uh, the Bengals offseason because every time I shit on them, it's because I think they have a shitty offensive line. And what do they do? They made the three biggest uh, – this time three of the better offensive linemen available. They got Lil Collins, who the Cowboys are idiots to get rid of for, like, no reason. They got Alex Kappa. And then a guy, Ted Karras, never really heard of him, not going to lie. But reviews are good, so – they're building a wall around Joe Burrow, and that's literally almost all they needed. I have one more loser, but I, oh, I'll, loser. I'll talk about them in a second. Um, but yeah, I do. I totally agree about what you're saying with the about the Bengals. Like they're they just improved. Like the only thing that they needed help with again, it's direction. I think direction here is huge, and they clearly know what they needed and did it. They're doing what they uh, the Colts didn't do with Andrew Luck. Right. Yeah. And they're doing what they, like, should have done last year but didn't. And, like, it clearly worked that they didn't do it last year. So now they're just doing it this year. And now they're just amazing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And they got rid of Eli Apple. No, they did not. Oh, they pretty re-signed. sure they re-signed him. They re-signed Eli Apple? All right. Changed my mind. Bad offseason. Yeah, they re-signed him one year for four mil. Why would they do that? Because they're stupid. The guy... Basically lost them a Super Bowl. <laughs> and yep, we'll bring you back for more. And he just like goes off the rails on Twitter, and that's why the whole league hates him. Yeah, the whole league hates him, and it's just motivation to play hard against him. Like, that's like the last thing to want. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Like he like was like clowning like Tyreek Hill and like all the Chiefs because they beat them in the championship game, and then he got burnt in the Super Bowl, and they let him have it. Oh, it was great. All right, um, so I guess give me your last loser and tell me why it's the New York Giants. It's not the New York Giants. Thank you very much. But they are losers. They are They are losers. We're going to be so fucking bad. It's such a sad reality. But my last loser is the Seahawks. Get rid of your franchise QB and you just release a future Hall of Famer and Bobby Wagner. Yeah, I mean, they're clearly just like giving up. Like, they signed Quandre Diggs. Yeah, great. Wow. That's it. They signed an edge rusher, two years, 20 mil. Like, you're not going to be a good team. Yeah. Unless they, like, I don't know. They're, you see that they might sign Kaepernick? Well, I was actually going to bring that up. I had a, a section that I accidentally skipped on our uh, agenda that was just, like, what's next for some of these teams that don't have quarterbacks? And after that, I just had cap question mark. So, like, 
I think they'll be kind of fun and kind of smart if they did that, but I don't think they do it. But I really think it'll Cap, be good Cap fits the same mold of play type as Bruss. Yeah, it'd be perfect, perfect fit there. It'd be good for the league. It'd be good for the team. It'd be good for the just like the a lot of people might disagree with that being it good for the league, but they 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 don't have a football agenda. Uh, people have um, to be over that now. I feel like if if you're like against Colin Kaepernick, you're just pretty much a racist. Pretty much. I mean, Colin Kaepernick, like his last few years in the league, were not good. The, his last two seasons, but the team wasn't good. Like it, it just it, he played fine. You know me, I'm a numbers guy, and his numbers were good. They were so good. They're better than anything Daniel Jones has ever done. Yeah, I mean, Daniel Jones stinks. Yeah. And he, I mean, yeah, he's what, 34 now, which is the only thing that, you know, sucks for him. But like, I think it'd be cool as a football fan. I think it'd be awesome to see him just get a shot. But people. He definitely deserves it at this point. I mean, he was blackballed from this league, which turned out to be like, wait a minute, he was actually right when the Black Lives Matter movement came along. And, like, so why hasn't he been given another chance? I just don't get it. The guy has actually, like, an NFL record, too. Like, he's good. He, he has the record for most rush yards in a game by a QB with 181. He almost won and the Super Bowl. It did. He actually, it came down to that one throw in the back of the end zone of Crabtree that probably made you shit your pants. Uh, yes, it did. Yes, it did. Um, what do you think? Uh, what do you think happens to Baker while we're kind of talking about all this quarterback uh, uncertainty now? So the thing is, I have no idea. Baker, I thought maybe Atlanta, but no, they have Mariota. Maybe Carolina, but they well, came out and said they don't want him. So then Baker's like, oh, I don't want to go there either. So now it, they have a mutual disinterest, is what I saw it worded as. Well, realistically, Seattle and Carolina are the only teams without quarterbacks right now, right? Is there anybody Pretty else? Much. I mean, like the Giants, but they're not—they're not in the market for a QB because they're annoying. Um, like I'm looking at a list of all the teams right now. Like everyone is pretty much set. Like San Fran has Trey Lance. The Seahawks, maybe. Yeah, it's really the Seahawks um, and Panthers. Seahawks, Panthers. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much it. Maybe Houston, but for... Davis Davis Mills is like he he looked pretty good. I refuse to say that that quarterback spot's open because I like Davis Mills. <laughs> I mean, if I'm them, I keep Davis. Yeah. I mean, the the begs the question: like Jimmy G's also available too, and it's like, but I just don't I don't know which teams are gonna. I I probably take Jimmy G before I take Baker because Jimmy G brought his team to a Super Bowl and then almost brought his team to a Super Bowl this year. Yeah, I think it depends on the situation your team's in. But like, if you're like a team like the Panthers, I feel like, all right, like we took a shot on Sam Darnold, maybe just take a shot on Baker. Like, obviously, I know they said they wouldn't do that, but I feel like it makes more sense. Like, why bring in Jimmy G when you're not going to win anyway? Um, but well, Jimmy G, he, the guy's a winner. Right, but like he needs a good team around him. He's not going to win with the Panthers. I don't know, man. Really? I think. I don't know if they'll win with the Panthers, but I think he gives them a much better shot than anything they have. And I think he gives them a better shot than Baker. Yeah, I agree. But I just feel like, do they even want a shot? Or are they just like tanking? 
to this, uh, that's the thing. Like I, as a fan, I understand tanking, but I don't at the same time. I don't know. You're not like you could still tank with Jimmy, but I don't know. Yeah, see, Jimmy G contract. But like that's that's not true because you're saying he's pretty good and like can carry them. So if they bring him in, they're not. But if he if he's if he's not, you know, then it's like what's the difference between Donald and Jimmy G? Yeah, I guess. But Jimmy G's through he's due twenty five mil next year, so like eh, that's probably a big turnoff for teams. He might get cut. I was gonna say what where it could get interesting too is I mean if you're a team like the Niners or. I feel like the Browns, they just, like, have to move on from Baker, like, whoever wants and take them. But if you're a team like the Browns, I mean, uh, if you're a team like the 49ers, and, like, you, you're going to go with Trey Lance this year and see what happens. If it doesn't work out, you have the backup plan of Jimmy G. But, like, also you know that, like, a quarterback is going to get hurt at some point this year. Like, whether it's – I'm not going to try and make a prediction because I'll probably jinx someone and someone will break a leg or something. But – if a quarterback goes down, you could be like, oh, shit, like, what do we do? Or you could just call Sam Fran and be like, okay, we need Jimmy G now. And then all of a sudden you're getting a big buyer for him that you wouldn't have had right now. Right. Like, what if uh, – okay, I'm going to say it. Like, what if Deshaun Watson, like, hurts his knee in the preseason? Oh, like, why'd you pick him? Because he's a piece of shit. So if I <laughs> jinx him, I won't feel bad. Um, but, like, if he hurts his knee in the preseason – and they already got rid of Baker, so it's like, okay, maybe we just bring in Jimmy G for a year. I'm like, I don't know, just an example. But like, I guess that also begs the question: they would just bring Baker back. Okay, that was a bad example. What if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt? And then it's like, okay, bring in Jimmy G. I could, yeah, I, I could see that then. Or just like, you know what I mean? Like a team that like still wants to try and compete this year, but their quarterback gets hurt. Right. I don't know. That's what I would do if I was the Niners. I would hope – I would hold out and just assume that another team is going to be a quarterback at some point, and they're not going to want Baker. <laughs> We're also forgetting that Malik Willis will be on a team. Who? He's, like, the only good QB prospect this year. Oh, dude, I don't, I don't know any of the quarterbacks this year. I think they all stink. There's, like, two names. I forget the other guy. But I think Malik Willis is like the consensus, like best QB coming up. I thought it was so, a guy from Pitt. Who's the guy from Pitt? Uh, Pickett, maybe. Yeah, I thought it was Pickett. I thought he was the best one. It's like between him and Willis, and Willis has been looking good at his pro days. Yeah. Um. So that begs the question: like, who drafts these guys? Probably the Panthers. But I was going to say the Panthers. Maybe the even the Seahawks. Yeah, if I had to guess. I, if the Giants, Giants pick one of them, I will jump off a bridge. Oh, you don't want them? No, because uh, the Giants, they have a lot more other holes to fill. There'll be uh, There's going to be free agent QBs next year, possibly, too, that the Giants are yeah, going up. Like, this is such a weak QB draft. Just don't do it. Yeah, I agree. All right. And you have, if, it was, if we had picked, like, 20, maybe – but we have picks five and seven. Like, we got to go with the talent that's, like, known talent. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you could sit here and bitch about the Giants all night if you wanted to. So. Oh, I, could, I could bitch about the Giants for, like, three days straight. Yeah, so I'll stop you from that. Is there anything else off-season-wise you want to hit before we go? No, I think I covered all my bases. Yeah, I think we, we touched on a lot. 
Um, I mean, again, there was a lot that happened. So this is an awesome pod to do to kind of catch up on everything we've missed over the past month or so since we recorded. Um, in the in the future, um, kind of the plans for the football fiends in my head anyway that we sh- hopefully will have out to you guys. Uh, we're going to have a pod around the time of the NFL draft uh, to kind of recap all of that and see where teams stand after that. Because obviously, like we just brought up, the draft's important. It's going to play a big role on how a bunch of these teams are looking and how the outlook of the season is going to look. So uh, stay tuned for that. Um, after that, uh, we will have our yearly Heroes and Villains pod. We're going to do that uh, at some point. I don't know when it'll be, but just that's always the fan favorite pod. Everyone loves the Heroes and Villains pod. Um, it's going to be important to figure out who are the biggest heroes and villains of the last season. And then after those two pods, we will have our season one finale coming. Probably, if I had to guess, sometime in May. Um, it'll just be literally kind of previewing next year, recapping this entire year of football fiends and everything we've been through. It's been a wild ride. So those three pods will be coming for you until we take a decent sized break until the start of the new football year. So uh, make sure to follow at Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok to stay tuned for everything we're dropping. Uh, we have also NBA content coming out as well. Uh, we just did a March Madness pod that will be dropping probably before you even hear this. So make sure you check that out. And then next week, we will have an award show. We're going to have an award show uh, giving out who we think should win each award for the year and uh, maybe even give out some other like made up awards or something. We'll figure it out. We'll have a twist for you guys. Um, And yeah, and stay tuned for everything we got going. Thanks for listening. This has been a long one, but a fun one. So uh, JP, you want to say goodbye? So long. Episode.